You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore dat app. So I'm just going to give it to you straight, man. It's 7.50. I just got home, and um, I usually like to be done around now. And so I cannot sit here for an hour and a half and two hours or two hours. Um, that's just not going to be a thing. So I'm just going to plan on this being a short episode. And I know I usually say that, and that's not what happens, but count on that happening because I am quite tired. But I do want to highlight a couple things right away. First of all, please head over to uh, Twitter. Go check out pack underscore daddy. That's me. The pinned post at the top is going to bring you um, to the post that you need to share. And as long as you share that and sign up at Pristine Auction, uh, you may win a Devontae Adams signed jersey. As of right now, there are only 37 people that shared it. It's not that many. So it's a fairly good shot. I mean, uh, when I click on it, it says 36 for some reason. It looks like everybody's following me. So um, that's also another condition on there. So it's, it's we'll call it 36. So you got a 1 in 37 shot. Aside from that, I want to say thank you very much to uh, Brett Richter for jumping in on Patreon. I greatly appreciate that. Actually, there's, there's uh, three things here. That's exciting. Thank you very much to John Hurd for upping his pledge, as well as Oscar for upping his pledge. So it's been a while. I was going to say we've had uh, since, geez, the last time was like the 16th. And since then, we've had two people leave. So we've been going negative pretty much this whole month. And then kablow, I don't know what happened. All in one day, we got three people, one new person and uh, two people up in their pledge. I greatly appreciate that. Um, And Oscar, you sent me a message, but again, I've been busy all day. I had to go to work and then immediately after work, drive to Lake Geneva, which is an hour and a half away for my daughter's cross country. And then after that, I drove straight home, took the dog out, had a bite to eat and bang, bang, boom, I'm here. But I appreciate the message, sir, and um, I will be trying to remember to respond to you as soon as I possibly can. But uh, just thank you for uh, the kind words. All right, what are we doing today? Let's rock through uh, the news, I guess, as it is. Um, First of all, Dalvin Cook has missed practice. Um, That is fairly substantial. I've been saying about Dalvin that, you know, whenever I go through the Minnesota Vikings and I talk about how, you know, they've got a couple young people, but for the most part, not many. uh, The problem is one of their best guys, Dalvin Cook, is, again, already 26, which is kind of top of the hill for running backs, usually. And he's been injured numerous times already. This is a, a common recurring thing. And maybe this isn't a big deal. It sounds like he's probably going to play, but if he plays, he's going to play hurt. And so um, 
considering they're going up against the Minnesota Vikings, they're go- or excuse me, they're going up against the Seattle Seahawks. They're going to need all the firepower that they can get. Not that Seattle is necessarily super dominant at this point, but neither is Minnesota. They're kind of in a similar place, except Seattle, I would say, is in a little bit better footing only because of the fact that they have a really good quarterback, and that tends to help. As for the Chicago Bears, uh, Darnell Mooney was also limited in practice. Again, probably going to play, but that's a pretty big piece, especially with Allen Robinson getting off to a slow start. Uh, The Bears really like Mooney. Bears fans really like Mooney, and he's been a a pretty nice little piece for them, um, considering not a lot else is going well. Speaking of the Bears, um, I kind of did my little perusal of what's going on in the... uh, media sphere. And there's different kinds of media spheres. There's there's the article media, and then there's the video media. And I feel like the video media is much more clickbaity than the article media. Article media is a little bit more research, data, that kind of stuff. Maybe it depends where you look. But when you go and look at the, the Florios and those guys, it's much more, um, I don't know, it's kind of silly stuff, but it's interesting. But one of the biggest things, I mean, everybody's talking about is Justin Fields and how much they've botched this situation with Andy Dalton, Justin Fields, et cetera, et cetera. For those that are, I guess for a little background, let me just play this clip because this is the biggest thing everyone's freaking out about. And again, I've gone over the backstory of how Matt Nagy has kind of botched this thing from the start as far as promising Andy Dalton the job, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not going to relive that. Um, But here is the newest, latest, and greatest that has everybody in a complete uproar. Do you feel as a coach obligated to go back to Andy? When when Andy is is healthy, he's our starter. And then I, I go back to for Justin. Justin's worried about right now, and Justin's worried about trying to help us beat Cleveland. Uh, I've talked about it this entire time that we're not going to get into that what if game. We do want to see who's you know like when Justin's out here uh, and what he's been doing in practice as a look team, trying to be the best quarterback he can be. That's all we want right now. That's all Andy and Justin want is to be the best they can be. And then um, when that time comes, I mean, there's just there's a lot of stuff that can happen between now and then. So it's, I don't really want to go there other than just saying that when Andy is healthy, he'll, he's our starter. So people are freaking out. There's a couple things here. Number one, As most people have kind of pointed out, if Justin Fields, if they win the game and Justin Fields looks amazing, there's very little chance that he's going to have the the guts to reverse that and say, no, we're going with Andy Dalton. Um, He's going to stick with him. Um, I think the other thing that people really need to acknowledge is the very real possibility that they're not comfortable with Justin Fields right now. And I've heard a couple different people, again, I've watched like six different videos because every single you know, YouTube thing that I find or, you know, whatever TV show, they're talking about it. So everybody had a clip about it. And there were there was at least one that kind of said, you know, I don't think he's ready yet. And that's why they're committing to Andy Dalton at this point and when he's healthy, whatever. And it's just kind of funny to me how zero people want to acknowledge that possibility. Andy Dalton has done a decent job up to this point. Justin Fields has not done a very good job up to this point. Obviously, Justin Fields is the future. Obviously, if he takes over and dominates, they're just going to stick with him. But based on what they've seen, despite the incessant claims by the media and everybody else that Justin Fields is an absolute freak in practice, um, the Bears have shown little to no confidence in him. But again, there's no reason to read too much into the comments because, again, he left himself enough leeway in those comments that if Justin Fields does well, you know, he's like, you know, again, he doesn't want to get into specifics and we'll see how it goes and whatever. Yeah, if he does well, he's going to play. He's, he's, all he's doing is saying, I'm not going to 
cause Andy Dalton to lose his job because he got hurt. That's it, even though that may happen. So that's my two cents on that. A couple other kind of controversial things that are popping up I wanted to give my two cents on. Um, Number one, the whole, there's a big flare up, at least on Twitter, about the comments that apparently Matt LaFleur talked to Joe Barry and said, uh, you know, you got to start getting pressure on the quarterback. I don't know what was said. I don't know. I have no idea what the actual words were. But a lot of people have taken the tact of, um, that's LaFleur's job. They make adjustments. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not really buying that. Here's my thing. If, uh, If my kid comes up to me and says hey, I can't get this open and sticks it in my face, I'm going to say, what do you say? And then they say, please. And then I open it for them. And then I hand it to them and they start to walk away. And I say, excuse me, what do you say? They say, thank you. And then they move on. That's my job. Because kids don't get that right away. And then eventually it clicks and they just start doing it all the time. But at first they don't. And that's the coaching phase of being dad to little kids that just refuse to remember to say please and thank you and basic stuff. Now, let's just say my oldest child, who is 15, takes dog food and shoves it into my gas tank, and then my car is broken. Technically, it's my job to say, hey, don't ever do that again. However, those two things aren't the same thing, because there's no reason in the world that I should expect or ever have to say the words, please don't put dog food in my gas tank. Although it's technically true, it's my responsibility as a dad to teach my daughter that that's not allowed. It's it's wildly unacceptable to think that that's just part of my job to have to tell a kid not to do that. We're trying to conflate the fact that Matt LaFleur is the head coach and his job is to make adjustments uh, with the fact that, or just, just, just completely ignoring the fact that what we're talking about is basic common sense. It's one thing to get super in-depth as far as, you know, schemey stuff that I can't even comment on because I don't know what we're talking about. If he starts going in there talking to the defensive coordinator about, you know, they're pulling their guards and so we got to fire off the G gap and the, the BZG fire dog blitz, you know, we got to get them with the hook ladder t- typo meter, you know, we got to get them, man. That's, that's cool. You know, we're on a real in-depth level. When he has to tell them very basic things like, hey, man, um... Would you please pressure the quarterback? Something that every single person sitting on their couch has been saying. And he goes, oh, okay. And then he starts bringing pressure. And then we start having success. I don't think that's the same thing as just generally being a head coach or, or expected head coaching duties. Right? It's like, it's like being a manager. There are managerial responsibilities. And sometimes there are things that you have to do to tweak, tweak somebody in, as they do their job. You know what I mean? If, if they're not quite doing it right, you kind of tweak it. You know, if you're, if you're laying sod and the sod isn't quite pulled tight to the other piece of sod, it's like, hey, man, you got to tighten that up a little bit. You know, that's, that's coaching stuff. If I'm passed out in somebody's pool with my pants off and he has to say, hey, please get out of this, you know, our customer's pool and get your clothes back on, that's not the same thing. Those two things are not the same thing. One of these things is, is part of your duties, and it's something that you expect to have to do. One of these things is something you should never have to do. After watching an entire half of your team generating zero pressure on any quarterbacks, technically it was like six quarters because we got no pressure on Jameis either, even though I think the 
comments came after Jay. It doesn't matter. The guy never wanted to bring pressure until he's been begged to. And by the way, this is also a problem because we had the same issue with Petten. He had to baby Petten, and it was never in-depth stuff. I'm sure they went in-depth, like, later on. You know, in the meeting room, they're going super in-depth on how they're going to attack it and come up with game plans and all. That's all super in-depth, right? That's what the head coach does. I'm talking about basic common sense stuff. And this is now the second defensive coordinator that Matt LaFleur has had to tell him basic common sense stuff that, again, every single fan who's sitting on their couch is going, dude, please stop rushing three on third and 15. Please stop doing that. Please bring pressure. Matt LaFleur goes to him and says, hey, man, I'm sorry. You got to bring some pressure because this sucks. And he's like, all right, fine. I'll bring somebody off the edge, right? I'm going to bring a corner. He brings somebody brings pressure, pass incomplete, they punt, we get the ball, and now we take the lead. That shouldn't have to happen. That should not have to happen. That is not a basic coaching, well, that's his job. You're right. You know who else's job it is? Joe Barry's job. It's Joe Barry's job. Just like it's your job to not take your pants off and swim in somebody else's pool. That's your responsibility. Just like it's my daughter's responsibility to not pack dog food into my uh, gas tank. It's mostly her job. It's mostly the landscaper guy's job not to swim in somebody else's pool, which I have done once before, to be completely honest. Did a lot of landscaping in my day. It's very hot, and I think I was, it was like toward the end of summer, so I was going to be going back to school, and it's like, dude, I'm just doing it. And I just dove in their pool, and then got back in the truck and went back, <sighs> which I don't think is the worst thing I've done, landscaping. But um, anyways, it wasn't that bad, aside from getting a little grass in there. That was when I used to cut lawns in Elm Grove. You know how much money those people make in Elm Grove? Lots. Everything's fine. But that's that's sort of my thought on that. Um, another controversial thing that's popping up is um, all the media people, Florio and everybody else, are very mad at Aaron Rodgers for being very mad at them. So people made comments about Rodgers. Rodgers said, how dare you make comments about me? And then the media said, how dare you make comments about how we make comments about you? That's basically what's happened recently. I kind of think they're both being a little stupid. It's a bit of a paradox because everybody's allowed to make comments about whatever they want. And obviously this is coming from somebody who makes comments about stuff that he, you know, I don't know what's going on in Aaron Rodgers' life, but I'll still comment about it. I don't care. And it's hard to know specifically what he's commenting about. I know he mentioned something about his, his personal life and all that kind of stuff. Again, it depends what we're talking about. But, but here, here's my thought on that. There are certain things that maybe cross a line, but... For example, there's absolutely nothing wrong with somebody speculating that maybe him spending so much time not doing football-related things had a negative impact on him playing football. And I find it ironic that there are some people who want to say that because Aaron Rodgers didn't take like 30 snaps in the preseason, that's what caused him to play so terribly in week one. However, several months taken off vacation, Hawaii, you know, whatever else he's doing, that had no impact. That's fine. That's totally fine. But sitting out for one game in the preseason wrecked him. Now, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, people are going to, people are just going to ask the question. People can ask the question wrongly. People can have a, a, an attitude about it, I guess. And Aaron Rodgers has a right to be upset about it, but he also needs to understand that there's nothing wrong with speculating. You're the one who did the things that you did. You're the one who caused the issues with the Green Bay Packers. Let's be completely honest about it. No, the Packers did. No, they didn't. The Packers didn't kick him off the team. Rodgers said, I'm leaving. 
He's the one that said, I, I want this or I'm leaving. And the Packers said, I'm sorry, we're not doing that. And he said, fine, then I want out. And then while he was doing that, he's, you know, he's out doing whatever he's doing, having a party, talking about, I'm going to retire, I'm going to do all these things. Then he comes back, he plays terribly, and people are like, I wonder if it's because of all that stuff that happened with him saying, I quit, and I really strongly considered retirement, and he spent like a month in Hawaii where he was, you know, just like have, yucking it up and did a bunch of other stuff non-football related. I wonder if that negatively impacted his play for like that one week. I, I'm sorry, that's, that's a fair question. I mean, I don't know, and I could totally see him taking time off and coming back and being fine, but I could also see that being a slight hindrance, and I don't think there's anything wrong with speculating that. Now, again, some of these things, like the Jermichael Finley thing, kind of maybe cuts a little bit deeper, and he's expanded on that several times, and I'm sure there are certain people and certain things that are specific triggers for him that are he considers over the line. Again, I don't know. Now, on the flip side of this is guys in the media who are unbelievably sensitive who are mad about Aaron Rodgers being sensitive. People in the media are some of the most sensitive people in the world. Like guys like Mike Florio. Oh my goodness. It was actually hilarious because Florio went on a tirade against Aaron Rodgers saying, you don't know anything about how the media work, which is kind of silly. But he, he made a halfway good point about how you can't just operate on clickbait, which is kind of true, but it's also kind of not true because you can even you can frame correct information with a, a hint of... of clickbait. And there's also certain topics, right? This is the same thing with um, the, the general news media, right? You can have Fox News and MSNBC both just reporting the news. And that's true. They are reporting the news, but they choose which news, don't they? They highlight certain news. MSNBC is going to highlight this news and Fox News is going to highlight that news. And they're also going to have a spinned opinion, and their headlines are going to be a little salacious. So technically, everything they're reporting is true. It's not just like like actual clickbait, like the, the definitional term, which is that thing where you click on it because it seems interesting, and then you have to click through 700 different times, and then it loads ads every time, and they make money, and then maybe that one really salacious picture on the front is, is going to be there at the end. Maybe it's just not even there the whole time, and then you're just mad. That's technically what clickbait is. But anyways, the, the, the super ridiculous thing that Mike Florio said was, hey, how about you don't try to pretend to know my business and I won't try to pretend to know your business? Mike, that's literally your entire job is to pretend, pretend you know Aaron Rodgers' business. That's, all you, that's, that's 100% your job is to pretend to know his business. And Aaron Rodgers is commenting on yours for like a second. So I, I, I don't know. I think the whole thing is, is a little bit silly. People have a right to speculate. People have a, a right to uh, an opinion. Aaron Rodgers can correct the uh, the record if he chooses to. He doesn't have to. And people can then take what he says with a grain of salt and say, uh, well, he said that that didn't have an impact, so it didn't. Or can say, hey, he said it didn't have an impact, but I think he's wrong. Because again, people can think whatever they want to think. But I was a little surprised to see how much of a reaction there was because Justin Fields and Aaron Rodgers being angry are, um, those are the two most important things that every single person talked about, every single one of them. And it's, 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 you know, it's, it's kind of funny because I was going to say it's not really Rodgers' fault because he's being asked the questions and then he responds. You know, he's asked the question about the haters and he says, well, this will shut up the haters. And then that becomes, you know, a, a clickbaity title. And it's funny because it's the media doing that. So Rodgers is mad about the media's drama, and then he feeds the media's drama because the media baited him into 
giving them more drama to feed off of. So it's he's he's kind of playing into that whole thing. But and I know the Pat McAfee thing is supposed to fight back against that, but he's he's not fighting back against it. They love that he's playing along with this. And and t- to be fair, it's not a great look. I know as Packer fans, we sit back and we pump our fists like, yeah, get him, Rodgers. But they're just sitting back going, look at him. Look how unhinged this guy is. He can't stop for two seconds. Every time he talk, gets in front of a microphone, he's whining and complaining and crying about something. Trashing the haters, trashing the media, trashing these people. So, I, you know, again, I, I, I barely noticed it until I went to find out what everybody's talking about, and that's what everybody's talking about. And, and it, it does suck a little bit because, once again, we're not talking about the Packers getting back on track necessarily. We're not talking about Elton Jenkins. We're not talking about, you know, Devontae having a great day. We're not talking about Aaron Jones having a phenomenal day and and his impact on this team. We're not talking about Matt LaFleur. We're not talking about anything football related. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers drama. And again, part of it is just the media forcing it, but there's nothing there to talk about if Rodgers doesn't keep making comments. And he keeps making comments. And that's part of what the media is talking about. He keeps saying he doesn't like it, but he's the one doing all of this. Just like I say, he's the one that fed all this about the offseason. He's the one making comments. He's the one wearing t-shirts saying, I'm offended, to feed into this stuff. He's the one posting on Instagram about the last ride, or the last dance, or whatever the stupid thing is. He says he doesn't like it. He says he doesn't want it, but he feeds into it all the time. He's the one that goes and does an interview on TV and and basically attacks Brian Gutekunst. He's the one doing the interviews and, and making the backhanded, snide, snide comments and all these things. So, I mean, you know, again, he has a right to say whatever he wants, but then don't complain about all the drama, right? If you want people to focus on the team, let's talk about the team. And when the local reporters ask you about the drama, just brush it off and just say, I'm not talking about that. Not interested. We just want a football game. Let's talk about that. What do you think about Jermichael Finley? I think he's been retired for a very long time. What do you think about the people that that said you guys are, are bad at football now or whatever? Which, it's not even that big. You guys got pounded by the Saints. It's it's a fair question, but whatever. I don't know. Again, I just, I thought the whole thing was weird. Rodgers is, I don't know, man. He's 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 kind of a weird dude. Did you did you notice in that interview when he, he got, this is the thing. He's like Mr. Zen, right? He's in this great place. He's so at peace with the world. He was given some kind of an answer to somebody about something, and it sounded like he was done, and the reporter was going to ask a question, and he just snapped at him. Uh, excuse me, I'm not done. And then the reporter tried to apologize, and he's like, yeah, yeah. And then he, like, caught himself and realized that um, I'm not being very zen right now. I'm kind of being a, a cranky jerk for absolutely no reason. And he paused, and he just sat there, and then he let the person ask the question. You know what I mean? It's it's It feels like Aaron Rodgers is on a quest to to become a very at peace person, I don't think he's an at peace at peace person. I think he's doing all of this to help him become that. But I think he's just he's got a lot brewing under the surface. He's a lot closer to me than he is this image that he puts out. Just a guy that just people say stuff they don't like, and I'm just gonna sit here and I'm gonna rant about it for a long time and get it off my chest. But I'm not trying to pretend to be Mr. Zen. I'm not. I'm very far from Zen. I don't meditate. I don't want to meditate. I don't want to be at peace. I got stuff to do. I can't be sitting around staring at the inside of my eyelids. Actually, that's exactly what I want to do right now, but you get what I'm saying. That that that, that whole thing just, it kind of bothered me when he did that. Because he puts out this persona of being above that. Everybody else does that. I don't do that. And then for no reason, he just flies off the handle on somebody. So, I don't know. It just, it just annoyed me. 
I just want to be done with this. I, I'm, I'm completely over it. If the people asking the questions in Green Bay can please stop asking those stupid questions and the drama questions. And Rodgers, I know you do whatever you want. I would prefer if you just ignore that stuff and focus on football. And Jermichael, if you could just shut your mouth, and if everybody could just shut their mouth, unless you're commenting on the talent and the quality of the team, please, because I'm tired of doing this. All right, we did this all offseason. And I don't want to have to see Aaron Rodgers act like this because then it lowers my opinion of him. And I don't want to lower my opinion because of the character that his character, because who cares what his character is? He's a football player. I don't root for people because they seem super zen, super chill. But here we are. Anyways, it's uh, it's week two. And I'm hoping that, I don't know, by week four or five, we're not talking about Jermichael Finley and Rodgers versus the media and that whole thing. Maybe we can move on from that. I don't know. The Probably not because it's it's getting clicks and it's getting tension and here I am talking about it so obviously it's it's a big thing it's just it's just I don't know this is not what I want to be front and center Packers news but it is this is it this is what it is right now and again it's not just because of the media it's because our boy Aaron Rodgers plays into it too anyways uh, we got to take a break and uh, we'll come back and look at some other stuff. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Alrighty, flipping over to uh, Patreon, I asked in the uh, 
as a poll question, how are you feeling about the Packers game? And I kind of rated it five different things. Packers are going to annihilate the 49ers. Packers are going to win. It's a coin toss. Packers will lose. Packers will get annihilated. The only category that did not get any votes is that the Packers are going to annihilate the 49ers, and I completely understand that. Um, the highest vote total was for it's a coin toss, which, to be honest, if I was there, I'm somewhere between coin toss and Packers lose. I know. It's sad. I just I can't get past the whole, this, this just feels like, not that the Packers aren't the better team, because again, if we're just looking at roster construction, I like the Packers roster probably better than just about any team in football. It's not about roster. They don't lose because of roster construction. But anyways, uh, the second highest total, uh, so 22 votes for it's a coin toss, 16 votes for Packers win, five votes for Packers lose, and three votes for Packers will get annihilated. So technically that's eight votes for Packers lose, 16 votes for Packers win, 22 votes for, I don't know, man, it's pretty close. A couple of the comments, Eric says, I think it depends on how our offense handles the defensive front. John says, it might be a blowout, it might be ugly, but I'm betting on the pack. Ken says the uh, the defense needs to get off the field. Earl points to the offensive line needs to hold up. So there, there's a there's a healthy amount of uh, what would you call it hesitant optimism, I guess, with the exception of the three that says the Packers are about to get annihilated. <laughs> Did end up getting three more questions. I was going to make a new post for questions, but we got three new people just throwing them on the back of here. Um, Billy says, "What are your thoughts on men wearing skinny jeans?" So. Uh, I know why you asked this, because you know I'm a, I'm a get-off-my-lawn kind of guy, and you're like, I know what'll make him go off and then get canceled. I'm going to ask him about men wearing skinny jeans. Thanks a lot, Billy. I, I can comfortably say, and comfortably is a strange choice of words for sure, that I don't get it. I have two pairs of jeans right now that I don't think they would classify as skinny jeans, but they're entirely too tight. And I don't mean around the waist, which is how, if pants are too tight, that's how they should be too tight. I mean around my legs. And it's such a weird thing. I don't like it at all. It's incredibly uncomfortable. It doesn't look good. And it's just kind of weird because as a dude, even if you're trying to show off, you generally don't show off your legs. That's kind of what ladies do. You know what I mean? Guys, it's like, you know, gonna wear the cutoff, show off the guns. It's, it's a lot of upper body stuff or, you know, facial hair or what. I don't, I don't know. I've never really... Never really figured out what women like, but <laughs> I know it's not legs. I've never seen guys walk around in tights like, dude, the ladies love it. The thighs, man. Mm. And again, super uncomfortable. You can't do anything in them. It's squeezing my leg. I, By the way, I, this is also why I don't like to wear long sleeve shirts, because for some reason, people who make shirts make shirts that are, you know, I mean, just any, any old short, generally, they're pretty comfortable, right? They're, they're kind of loose fitted and you wear, you wear short sleeves and it's just like a thing that hangs down below your shoulder a little bit, a little piece of cloth around halfway down your arm or whatever. But the long sleeve manufacturers are like, as it gets closer to your wrist, we're going to start to suffocate your forearm. Like, well, why are you doing that? It's just a thing that we have to do. It'll, it'll, once you get past the elbow, it's going to squeeze your forearm and then your wrist is, we're going to cut circulation off at your wrist. It'll be great. Stupid. Not every shirt does that, but why? the heck is the point of that? So I, I, I guess I don't know. I mean, I, I understand it's like a style thing, although I don't think it's as popular now as it used to be. That was like a big thing like five, 10 years ago. I know some people still do it, but it's more like a specialized thing, I think. But yeah, I just, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, even if it's, I don't know, I guess I've never really been, never really cared about trends, so I don't understand that either. 
Like, well, because everyone else is doing it. Yeah, but explain why you're doing it. Do you like the way that looks? Like showing everybody that you have like chicken thighs, like your, your, your skinny chicken legs. Like that's a thing that you, you want everyone to know about. That's what you're into. I mean, that, okay. It's just, it's just the confusion for me. You know what I mean? It's just the fact that I don't, I can't figure out a, a single reason. Like I, I'm fully on board with wearing stupid things. I wear stupid things for two reasons. Number one, I wear stupid things because they're comfortable. Number two, I wear stupid things to be ironic. I fully intend, uh, hopefully next summer, because I missed the ball here, but I'm hoping by next summer we're going to do like a dad day with like jorts and, you know, the the white socks pulled up and the white uh, New Balance shoes, and I'm going to get a fanny pack, the whole nine yards, right? Be sweet. I might even do like jorts, a cutoff, and like some cowboy boots because... Because it's, it's stupid and it would be funny. Otherwise, I have tons of shirts with holes in them because they're comfortable and I don't care. The shirt I'm wearing right now is ridiculous. I, I, it was sitting in the back of my closet. I'm like, I wonder what that is like. I think it was like my grandpa's or whatever. So I just grabbed it and put it on. And I'm like, this is super comfortable. And I realized this thing is, is like seven sizes too big. And my grandpa was not a big dude. So I don't know why this is so massive. I'm wearing like a moo-moo. But it's like, I don't, I don't really care. I'm going to work now. This is comfortable, and if people at work think it's stupid, which they will, that's fine. <laughs> I don't care. But I feel like people who wear skinny jeans are like, people are going to think I'm awesome. And that is not true. So I, I don't know. I guess I'm just... Somebody fill me in. I know somebody listening regularly wears them, and I would love to know, like, why when you wake up in the morning, like, I could wear comfortable clothes. I'm going to wear skin-tight pants. And women, that doesn't count for you necessarily because you guys do nothing that's comfortable. Everything you do is horrible. Clothes are all tight. Your hair, your makeup, the whole thing looks like torture. You just torture yourself all day long and then go out and do things. And I don't really need to know why. I'm not interested. I don't. You do what you got to do. I don't need to know. Because I've tried to get inside your brain and I can't do it. But for dudes, please let me know. Billy also wants a refresher on bumper stickers. Don't do it because it devalues your car and it's stupid. I could go longer, but I've done the bumper sticker rant several times, and I've already spent a lot of time talking about skinny jeans. I mean, it, it's, it's, it, it, to me, it's the same thing as, like, I, I want to give my car some character, so I'm going to smash it with a hammer. I'm just going to put a dent right in the side. It's, it's the same thing. Nobody else finds it interesting. Nobody else finds your bumper sticker funny or quirky or clever or whatever it is you're trying to pretend your personality is. No one's interested. You're the only one interested, and you never get to see it. Because it's on the back of your car, and you usually drive on the inside of your car facing the opposite direction. So we have people driving around. They, they will go out and spend $40,000 on a new car, and then take a $3 bumper sticker and smack it on the back of their car and ruin the value of it. Maybe ruin is an exaggeration, but what in the world are you do? Why? 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 Why do you have to do that? I want people to know who I voted for. Why? Because you want half the people to give you a thumbs up and the other people to give you the finger? Like you're just, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't get it. Anyways, we'll, we'll get off that. Thank you, Billy, for sidetracking this podcast. So now I'm going to get emails about, I don't listen to your podcast here. You talk about skinny jeans. You listen to my podcast for whatever I want you to listen to my podcast for. Dang, man. Six to seven, huh? Looks like Carolina's in the red zone, though. All right. Mike chimed in here on uh, on the Patreons, by the way, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. You can join for as little as a dollar a month. 
Ryan, as you know, I had predicted the Packers to finish 7-10 and 10 this season, and in that prediction, I have them losing the next two weeks. So far, I'm 2-0 with the loss versus the Saints and the win at home with Detroit. I just thought all the drama in the offseason and with 12 and the Joe Barry effect would cause the regression. How can the Packers win these next two weeks uh, versus very tough matchups for them? Again, this is one of those things where Mike just took the information, plugged it into his computer brain, and that's what came out, which is what we all did. We just came to different conclusions. So far, he's 2-0. He might be vastly wrong. I don't know. But so far, he hasn't been wrong. Most of us have been wrong. Most of us thought they'd beat the Saints. Several other people, ever after having watched them uh, lose to the Saints, thought we'd lose to the Lions. But the, the answer to the question, Mike, is, is relatively straightforward. Um, it, it all comes down to, are they really back or not? Because obviously what we saw last week was kind of like a halfway back. I kind of mentioned it as being like a 2019. And I've also commented on the the potential of the team, you know, the defense and all that kind of stuff. This roster is better than the 49ers roster. And I, again, that doesn't necessarily mean you automatically win. But if everybody's playing optimally, and if your head coach, defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, et cetera, et cetera, can, number one, get this team ready to play, Number two, come up with a game plan that is equally as competent, at least, or better than what your opponent is coming up with. There's every reason to believe you should win. There's every reason to believe the Packers should be able to run the ball. Maybe not in a dominant fashion, because the 49ers are pretty good up front. But if you're a very, very, very good football team that, that uh, you know, takes running the ball very seriously, and if we really do have a very good offensive line, if we really do have a very good group of running backs, we should be able to execute running the ball to somewhat of an efficient level. At the very least, what we did against the Lions. It was nothing massively impressive, but it was good enough. If Aaron Rodgers really is the best quarterback in football, or at least a top three, top five, whatever, if Devontae Adams really is a number one wide receiver, this offense should be able to move against their defense. Similarly, San Francisco's offense is not necessarily the most elite offense in football. In fact, it's pretty mediocre. If Jair really is the number one guy, if Kenny Clark really is as good as he seems to be right now, if, if Rashawn can, can continue to live up to those, the, the statistics and hopefully start turning those into actual sacks and hits and pressures and hurries and those kinds of things, if Preston can maintain this level of play, if, if Devondre Campbell can play this well, if Stokes can really be what, he want him, what we want him to be, if Kevin King can continue to play as well as he has when he's in the slot, aside from obviously those few uh, mishaps, which is pretty much Kevin King in a nutshell, but we'll give him some credit, I guess. If the safeties can play up to the level that they played last year, there is every reason to believe they can win. Now, you also have every reason to be skeptical that anything I just said is reality. And that if maybe one or two or three of those things are correct, the rest are probably going to be overstated. That's all fair. But the question is, where are they? What are they? And then, and then beyond that, and I know you just asked about these next two weeks, but beyond that, if they do lose these next two weeks, are they still going to ascend? Are they still going to head towards something? Or is everything I listed just not reality? And it's just not going to happen. What happened with Savage last year was a fluke. What happened with Jair last year was a fluke. What happened with Stokes these first two weeks was a fluke. You know, Aaron Rodgers, obviously he's not going to play up to that level. He's regressing. Uh, the offseed, whatever, you know what I mean? It's just, the, the hard part about this, it's not hard to see a scenario in which they win. It's not hard to see a scenario in which they're very good. It's just a question of every single one of these things is an independent variable. Right? And, and Matt LaFleur has his own series of variables and, and the 
effort level and preparation level and game planning level and all these kinds of things, each one of these things is an independent variable and, and where they end up dictates everything. But there's just an, an incalculable amount of variables that we need to account for. And all I can tell you is that from week one to week two, there was growth and progress. They need to have another jump in week three in order to win. And if they don't have a jump, it doesn't mean they can't be any good, but it does mean they're probably going to lose in week three. Unless, of course, the 49ers don't play very well, because the Packers, believe it or not, are not the only team who have weeks where they just don't show up. They might have much more drastic, pathetic losses than other teams, but other teams do have weeks where they just don't play their best. Mike says, uh, he goes on to continue on whatever. Based on what we know uh, now, where do you see this team winning? Do you see this team winning more than six games? I have them beating the Bengals on the road, beating the Redskins, Seahawks, Bears, Browns, and Vikings at home. I'm assuming you're asking if I see them winning six more games. I mean, without going through every single game, I, the the answer is yes, but not because of anything. I mean, because I don't even know what these other teams are either. I don't know that the 49ers are good. I don't know that the Steelers are good. I don't know what the Bengals are. I don't know what the Bears are. We got to see what Justin Fields can do. I don't know what Washington, the Cardinals, the Chiefs even seem to seemingly regressed a little bit. I don't know what the Vikings are. They're 0-2, but they're clearly better than they have been. But how much better? Same as the Packers. Seahawks, I don't know. Rams, I don't know. I, I, I don't know any of this. But it's just a matter of where I'm at with things. I haven't come to the place that you're at in assuming that they've, they've regressed. Um, it's easy for you to do it because you thought, again, you computed the information and said, I think they're going to regress. And you're seeing regression. And so you're playing that out and saying, this is where I'm at. I don't necessarily see it that way yet. Again, I, I don't know what they are, but I'm I'm mostly basing things off of 2020. And it kind of works, in my mind, the same way that, uh, what is it, pro football outsiders, the way that they do things, right? So they, have, they judge teams based on this season. But the earlier in the season it is, the more, they, more heavily they weight based on last year, I think is how that works. And then as the season goes on, they, they look less and less toward last year or whatever, and, and more and more on just the information they have based on this year. That's kind of where I'm at. I'm taking 2020 as the baseline. I'm filling in the blanks where I can. What do you think of Stokes? What, I mean, you know, and again, even with Aaron Rodgers, I don't expect him to be that good, but I don't expect him to be week one bad either because he's almost never been that bad ever. So you just, you, you individually piece these things together and you come to your own conclusions. And again, there's so, so many incredible variables. There, there shouldn't be um, a lot of consensus among Packer fans. It's not that surprising that some Packer fans are going to look at this and say, I think we're a six-win team, and other Packer fans say, I think we still pull off 14 wins. It's just a matter of looking at all the independent variables and and guessing where everybody's going to be. And and it's not even just that. It's, it's okay, so I think this team's going to be dominant. Are they going to be dominant this week? Is it going to be week six? Is it going to be after the bye? Is it going to be a, a run at the end of the year? I mean, we can be a, a bad team that limps into the playoffs and wins the Super Bowl if, if it's just a matter of slowly learning and growing. You know, getting David Bakhtiari back late, getting Zadarius back late. This could absolutely be a team that falls the next two weeks, but then beats the Bengals, beats the Bears, beats Washington, goes up against the Cardinals who are semi-hot, but we get, you know, maybe we get some of our guys back. We beat the Cardinals. You know, maybe we lose to the Chiefs, but we beat the Seahawks, we beat the Vikings, beat the Rams again, we beat the Bears. Maybe we lose to the Ravens, we beat the Browns, we beat the Vikings, we beat the Lions. So we're going on a heck of a run, we're getting into the playoffs, and we're just picking up steam. 
You know, I mean, I, I, I know right now it feels like if we lose to the 49ers, we're doomed. And if we lose to the Steelers, we're double doomed, right? Because now we're one and three. But based on that scenario, we only lose two more games. That's a five-loss season. 12 and five is not a bad season. That's definite playoffs. But again, it's, it's, it's all just made up stuff. And right now we're just trying to piece things together as far as what we think. And, and we kind of take the past and try to build off of that. And, and I, for me, again, I, I don't see, a, I haven't learned a lot from the Saints and from the Lions. I just haven't. So I'm still somewhat deferring to 2020 because I, I don't see them falling off to that massive of a degree. Even if the offseason, as you said, was a massive distraction, fine, it was a massive distraction. But he's here now. And so at some point, he's going to get it. It's going to click again. Maybe it won't be week three. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't be week until week seven or eight or nine. I don't know. But I have to assume at some point it's going to click. I don't think he's going to stay in offseason mode through this entire season. So anyways, that's all I got for today. It did go uh, about as long as, as they usually go. So I guess I was kind of wrong about that. You got me talking about skinny jeans, man. That's your fault, Billy. Anyways, again, uh, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. What I think I'm going to do with the uh, Patreon thing, and we'll see, maybe we can tweak it, but I think I'm going to come up with five prop bets, and I'm going to do it like a poll. You pick one. If that, if the one you picked hits, right, like A.J. Dillon gets the first touchdown, uh, the first pass is MVS over 20 yards, uh, Devontae gets uh, three touchdowns, uh, you know, Savage gets a pick six, whatever. I don't know. But I'll, I'll lay those out. And if one of those hits and you're on it, then I'll do some kind of a giveaway for one of the people in that group. If none of them hit, none of them hit. You know, it's just the way it goes. It's not like you have to... I'm, I'm not picking you, making you buy in on top of everything else. It's really just something fun to do and obviously hoping that um, other people will get involved. I don't really have anything to give away yet. I'm, I'm leaning toward possibly doing the next giveaway as a winner to that thing. So that would be the Deguara jersey. I don't really know if I want to do that, but I'm kind of leaning that direction to see if if that would be interesting because, to be honest, the Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, hey, retweet this and we're going to get really popular. I think I've gained like four followers on Twitter. I gained like zero followers on Facebook. Instagram has almost no success with these giveaways, very little. It's just it's the giveaways don't do much for me. I'm happy to do it. I'm glad to be able to give cool stuff away, but it's... it's uh, shocking how little uh, success they have in terms of actually helping me do anything. But even if I don't do that, um, I may just go over to Pristine and find some cool stuff and order it and ship it to you. I don't know. But that's my plan, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Anyways, you folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.